Live from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, the Total Education Show, the talk shop for teachers, parents, and administrators. Here's your host of the show, Neil Haley, the Total Tutor. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Total Celebrity Show. You can go to TotalRadio.net on Twitter or also NeilHaley.com, and I'm excited to welcome the program ABC's Dancing on the Stars dancer, Sharna Burgess. Sharna, how are you? And I know your fans want to know how you're doing, especially with the injury. I am doing great. I am healing incredibly well. I'm definitely hoping to be back by this week. We haven't made a decision yet. We're sort of playing it day by day and seeing how it feels. I do have to make the right decision for my knee, but I am doing everything that I can to get back this Monday. So hopefully it happens. Well, I'll be rooting for you for sure, Sharna. Big fan. Got to chat with you a couple times before. I know you've interviewed with so many different yeah. people, but I love having uh, those convos. But tell me about this injury. What happened for some of our listeners that didn't know about it? Oh, gosh. It was such a fluke accident. I was in the dress rehearsal two weeks ago, and we were doing the team dance, and my my skirt was just way too long. And usually that isn't a problem. You sort of work your way around it, but this particular moment I stepped on it and the inside uh, with my right leg and my foot flipped outwards. So it flipped sideways. And so it basically bent my knee in an unnatural way. And uh, as I went down to the floor, I I felt and heard something pop. Mm. And what Mm. that was, was my MCL. And I ended up with a grade two tear on my MCL and my right knee. And so that was pretty much devastating for me. I had an injury completely unrelated to this one, but on my right knee 16 years ago when it was an ACL tear that I danced on too soon and um, it turned into me completely rupturing it. So I knew that I had to make the right decision this time so I could hopefully get back this season at all. Oh, my, Sharna. Did you reach out? Because especially for our Pittsburgh audience, Antonio Brown, to ask him any advice with the injury, or, or Ben, for sure, <laughs> with the injury. Um, Antonio and I, yeah, Antonio reached out to me, actually. I adore him. We're still very good friends. And so he reached out to me and told me that I need to take better care of myself, and which is very much true. I need to concentrate on doing more PT and and looking after my body, but he also recommended uh, a couple people out here in LA for me to work with, great uh, physical therapists, and um, and then genuinely was just checking in with me and you know showing some love and whatnot. I'm actually hoping to see his away game on Thanksgiving in Indianapolis, so hopefully I'll get to catch up with him then. All right, so that's 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 great news. Now tell us about your new, the new your new partner and how they're still moving on without you, and you can't wait to get back in the swing and be back with him, but how are things going with your partner? Things are going amazing with James. I have to say he is so incredibly talented, something that none of us really saw coming, to be honest. Um, he uh, he works very, very hard, and I fully believe that he's going to be in that final, um, that he's going to be in it and that he deserves it. Um, so I am still his choreographer. I'm still his teacher. I'm in the room. I'm working with him. But as of right now, we're just waiting to find out whether I will officially be his dance partner or not. Oh, so you're, again, waiting on the doctor because you don't want to ruin your career for one season because you're one of the the best dancers. 
out there as a teacher and really getting far with a lot of your uh, of the celebrity dance uh, people, the celebrities you've worked with, and it's your choreography. Wouldn't you say that keeps you going, right? The ability to really take uh, new new dancers and really use all their uh, talent to the best of your ability to, to choreograph the best stuff, right? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's definitely my job, and I love it. I love being able to create for people and tell their story through dance, and, you know, it's, it's a pleasure for me to go to work every day and get to do that. It doesn't mean there aren't days where I think, oh, my goodness, I have no idea what I want to do or I creatively have a bit of a block for a second, but uh, it's amazing for me. So I, I never want to miss out on any of it, which is why this injury really sucks. Um, but it's also the reason that I have to take good care of it because if I was to do the wrong thing, I'd be out for six months. That means no this tour, no no this season, not doing the tour, and then possibly out for next season. So I can't take that risk. Oh, my. So we'll have to keep finding out what happens. Uh, it's a game day decision if you will return or not. But, again, I know you can't wait for Dancing with the Stars live. We came to dance, hitting the road this winter. So once the season's over, you guys are on the road right off the bat, aren't you, with this with this tour? Yeah, there is no rest for us. We are going to go straight from, from the season right into tour rehearsals and then – Two weeks later, we start. We're on stage, and it's um, it's actually very exciting. The tour is, even though it seems like there's no days off, and oh my goodness, how exhausting! Because the tour is so different to the show, it's really refreshing. You know, it's dancing in a very, very different way for us. There's no judges, no celebrities. You know, we're not worried about trying to teach anybody. We're getting out, doing our thing to the best of our ability, and, and the way that we want to do it. So it's actually a lot of fun. I can't wait to get started. Absolutely, Sharna. And so where's the best place we can find information on you and learn more about you again? Dancing with Stars Live is going to be in a lot of different cities. People need to check that out. Where can they find information on that and information on you as well? Where can we go? If you want to find information on the tour, make sure you check out dwtslive.com. They will have the list of all the cities and the links to buy tickets through there. It'll tell you a little bit more about the show and the cast and who's going Uh, So make sure you check that out. And if you ever want to find out more about me, you can always head to any of my social media handles, which is at Shana Burgess, or you can check me out on my website, which is shanaburgess.com. And remember to tune in 8 p.m. Eastern, Monday nights to Dancing with the Stars on ABC. And, Shana, you're being the coach now. Let's see if you can bring it home on that end with uh, with your replacement and go all the way and win. So good luck. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. All right, take care, Sharna. Thank you, on. Take care. Bye-bye. Right, bye. You're listening to Total Celebrity Show. We'll be back in just a moment. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Total Celebrity Show. You can check me out on Twitter, at Total Tutor, Neil S. Haley, Facebook, LinkedIn, Neil Haley, Instagram, Total Tutor, and also on uh, to- at Total Radio Net on Twitter and NeilHaley.com. And I'm telling you, I'm so excited to welcome the program from Disney's Walk the Prank, Disney XD's Walk the Prank, Jillian Shea, Spader. Jillian, thanks for calling, and how are you? Thank you so much. I'm great. How about you? I'm doing fantastic. Before we get into talking about it, my kids love Walk the Prank. 
So you never thought that you'd hear a situation, a story where a, 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 a uh, journalist would tell you they all watch it and they really enjoy the show. Thanks. Absolutely. So they're just big fans of it and all that. So can you tell me a little bit for our, our listeners out there about Walk the Prank? The Prank is a Disney show that has a very different format than any other show because it's half scripted and also half live improv comedy because we prank real people. Right. And that's interesting, Jillian, because when you talked about that is I got confused a bit, too, because it's almost like watching another Disney show. Yet when you prank, it's you're pranking real people. So there's the acting portion and then there's the prank portion. Uh, tell us a little about your character, Bailey. Character Bailey is edgy, and she's currently like, hanging around with the boys. She's just very all over the place. Absolutely. Is that like kind of like you at all as the character, Bailey? Does it remind you of you at all? Yes, definitely. We have a lot in common. <laughs> Very interesting, very interesting. And what I gather from your character, Bailey, is that being the girl on the show, you are the brains behind a lot of the different things on the show as Bailey, right? Kind of kind of figuring out the whole yeah. middle school thing, right? For sure. Tell, us, tell our listeners a little bit about that. She's always editing all of their videos and all that. After every prank, she's always in charge of the editing, getting it up, all the uploading, everything technical. Oh, absolutely! Uh, uh, yeah, she she she's the brains behind the the whole operation for sure, and uh, it, it's very interesting. And what? How do you feel once you prank somebody, and especially when they finally figure out they're on a prank show? Oh, every time they find out they're on a prank show, they're always either crying, tears of joy, obviously, or laughing a lot. Everyone's just so different. They're always relieved though that. Sometimes, like, some of the stuff isn't real. Like, when the kids get hurt and stuff, they're always so relieved. They're, they're definitely uh, relieved. It reminds me of a show back in the day on MTV. I think that the creators really looked at that. Did they, did they look at that as a model in certain ways of the prank show on uh, MTV? I can't even remember the name now, and I'm sure you heard conversations of it. It reminds it me fun? of that in ways. Yeah, yeah, yes, absolutely. Fun? Yeah. Yeah, we have the same producers, I think. Not for punk, um, for for um, a different show. We have the same producers. That's also the same, the same thing. A Jamie Kennedy oh, show. We have the same producers for. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah. And and so, do you have a blast yeah. on the set, especially when you're pranking people? Do you have a blast on the set, hanging out and setting up them and being so creative in some of the ones you've come up with? Yes, we have so much fun on set. We I get to work with my best friends. It's amazing. We have so much fun every day. And every single day is always so different versus a normal set where you do the same thing over and over every day. We get to do something different every day, which is great. It sounds great, and uh, and I just, the creativity, I remember the one prank you guys pulled, and look at me, I'm into the show, and I'm just cleaning up or watching, and I'm watching my kids enjoy this, the one where the, the lady was about to have um, 
have a baby, and the and the person that was a helper thought that that person was doing that, and then how you that was just so hilarious that how you guys are coming up oh, with such creative so pranks. Fun. Yeah, yeah, that was and, and, much fun to be in. That's probably my favorite. It was, and I, so I caught that. So that was the favorite. I, my favorite was the one where the guy, where someone you were babysit, they were babysitting, and you ran, and someone ran right out the window, and or I mean, right, right through the glass. That that one was funny. All of them are, are great in in so yeah, many ways, for sure. Cool. That was awesome. Yeah, yeah. I also like the post dental surgery one. That one was fun too. Absolutely. Now tell me uh, about: Are you good in doing pranks in real life, Jillian? I actually only do them on set because I'm on set every single day, so I don't have too much time at home. So I'm just always pranking on set, but. I used to prank a lot when I was little with, like, hiding clown heads in my mom's bed and stuff, just little things. <laughs> so when you got when you heard about Walk the Prank, you thought this is perfect up your alley, right? Yes, I was so excited. Cool, like, cool. And how is it? Without getting in trouble is great. Oh, yeah, yeah. And how does it feel a lot of times to be recognized now, especially with this big break in this show and how popular it's getting? It must be really cool, isn't it? Yes, it's amazing. It's great. We, can, we can't go anywhere. It's awesome, though. We just get to meet so many nice people, so many great kids. It's awesome. And I also I understand, Julian, you're... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And your fans are probably love it. Now, I also understand you're also a, music, a musician. Isn't that correct, Julian? Yes, I play a lot of instruments. I play guitar, piano, clarinet, saxophone, ukulele, and I sing. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And so um, have you ever tried during the show to play any of these instruments and in jokes or different parts or probably offset, but wow. any time of any pranks? <laughs> there was one episode where I got to sing, but I didn't get to sing well. I was supposed to be like a rock singer, so I was just growling lyrics, so I haven't really gotten the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> where can we check out your music, Jillian? Where can we find information on your music? I actually have a YouTube channel for my music. Um, it's just Jillian Sater, Jillian Shea Sater, and I also have, mainly for the kids, but I have a Musical.ly, which I post a lot of singing videos on, and on Instagram, at Jillian Shea Sater, and Musical.ly is Jillian.Sater, but I just post a lot of music on all my social media and on YouTube. What do you think, Jillian, of Musical.ly? My daughter loves it, my 11-year-old. I have, just to tell you my ages of my kids, and then you can answer that question. My ages of my kids are 11, 7, 5, 4, and 2. I have five kids. So my oldest, my 11-year-old, loves to play, to like choreograph the rest of them in Musical.ly. It's just an amazingly creative social media platform. Don't you agree? It's so much 
fun, especially for kids, like, to be able to, it almost feels like acting, because for the comedy musicals, you get to come up with them, and it gives them the reward of getting featured if they do a great job. I think it's just overall such a good social media app for kids. Absolutely. And where can other people find information on you, Jillian, and learn more about you? You talked about connecting on Musical.ly. Do you have other places where people can connect with you as well? Yes. My Musical.ly, my Instagram, my YouTube, and I also have a website, www.jillianchasefader.com. <laughs> and any any uh, new pranks that we should expect in the next couple of weeks on the show that people can stay tuned for? Ooh, it's you can a say. secret, but I'll say they're a lot scarier and a lot crazier. Absolutely. And, and spring, it's going to be great. Awesome. Awesome. Well, best of luck and continued success on the show. Uh, and your music, and uh, I'll have my daughter connect with you on Musical.ly. I'll tell her about uh, connecting with you, and she can mention, oh, uh, my dad did an interview with you. And can maybe shout, shout, shoot, shout out oh, on Musical.ly yeah. for sure. That would be cool. And, and all those yeah. different things, and I appreciate you taking the time. Best of luck, and again, tune in to watch Jillian on Disney XD's Block uh, the Prank. Thanks for calling, Jillian, and take care. You're, you're listening you to so the Total Celebrity you. Show. You're welcome. Thanks. I really appreciate it. And we'll be back in just a moment. Record better audio anywhere with Motive Digital Microphones from Shure. Easy-to-use options like the MV88 plug directly into your phone or computer and include a free app. Create studio-quality sound for podcasts, music, and videos. Visit Shure.com to learn more. Peter, are you on the line? Yes, Neil. Good morning. Well, good morning here, I guess. Oh, it's still good morning there. Yeah, still morning, but it feels like I didn't sleep at all last night. But I'm excited to welcome the program executive producer, Peter Engel of Save by the Bell. Peter, thanks for calling, and thanks for taking the time this morning to chat with me. My pleasure. It's beautiful now, here Peter, in the ocean. I'm looking at the crashing waves. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, you're looking at the crashing waves. Now, Peter, when you think about this project, Save by the Bell, when you uh, tell us that story, how this developed, because it was one of my favorite shows uh, growing up. I'm 43, but I was into it and enjoyed it, and maybe because of the girls. But uh, it really of course uh, the girls. <laughs> <laughs> everyone how loves they, the girls. Yeah, everyone loves the girls from that. Before I was married, to tell my wife. But yeah, uh, I mean, it, it just it just was so uh, one that just. Did it shock you, the popularity, Peter, that it's like it's such absolutely. a cult classic? And somebody was... mm-hmm. a- absolutely. And you'll read, you'll read about it in my book, I Was Saved by the Bell, which comes out uh, November 15th. Uh, I was shocked. I didn't want to do the show. Um, I remember at one point we were in 85 countries when no comedies had gone to more than four or five. And all at, on five, six times a day, seven days a week between the network and the syndication. And the New York Times said to me, when Brandon Tartikoff, the president of NBC, we wanted to do a live action show on Saturday morning, what do you think? It was a great idea. I said, no, I told him to get someone else. And um, then I thought about it, and, I, and my, my children were young, and... Um, I didn't know if anyone would watch it because our, our lead-in was a uh, 
were uh, were um, chipmunks, and I lead out with the Smurfs, and we were against a rabbit, a raisin, and a bear, and I didn't know if we'd ever find an audience. And my gosh, it shocked me. Uh, concept was uh, very simply from the opening bell Monday morning to the Friday bell um, um, Friday afternoon. But, of course, later on we went to the beach, we went to Hawaii, we went to Las Vegas, we, we went all over. But um, uh, it was the cast. I mean, they were magic. You know, as producers and writers, uh, we all thought, you know, we were geniuses at our writing. But the truth of the matter was it was the cast. Uh, they were magical. They were magical from day one until six years later. <laughs> they never missed. And see, and this is the the surprise part about it is, like you said, you were approached. You came up. You the the idea came out. You you did it, and yet you had a time slot which was Saturday morning. So that's why I was starting to brainstorm to myself. Whoa! I mean, you have a show that's. You name next to Full House or certain brand awareness type shows that people will never forget, and yet you were placed in that time slot. So, how did the actors feel when they were auditioning? They probably thought this is just a, well, a little gig, and we'll I move mean, on. The actors were young, so they were four, except for Screech, who was eleven. They were all fourteen. I think Elizabeth was fifteen. Um, but none of them had real, uh, you know, much experience. So Saturday morning or Saturday night uh, didn't really uh, mean anything to them. Uh, they they were very professional and and they didn't have any problem with it. <laughs> I think I was the only one who had a problem with it at the beginning. I think and then it became the so, proudest yeah. moment of my life in television. And Pete, and Peter, I think that you um, have created what makes Disney today so popular in the high school shows. That you well, brought uh, this. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, well, I was going to well, say. That's young, you well, that's It's who, funny because some of my guys went over there, and two or three of them worked on Miley Cyrus, which was their first high school show. Essentially, they always had done younger shows. And Todd Greenwald, who was with me on Bell, California Dreams, and City Guys, created the weight one, the one with Selena Lopez. So four of my guys were over there after our our run, who who actually were the underpinnings of the whole Disney teen effort. Oh, definitely, and and that's what I think. And and I, but I still think. When I think about your show, it really had good storylines. And I love the girls, but uh, you really had good high school storylines in a way of uh, you have quintessential people. You have the jock. You have the the, the smart brain, popular guy. You have the cheerleader. You um, You have the nerd. You put them all together in one that everyone could identify with each one of the characters, in my opinion. I, I was hoping, hoping for that. You know, people have always said to me, you know, I did a whole college tour a few years ago. They always said to me, were you Zach? I said, no, I was never Zach. I would love to have been Zach. And then, but I forgot, I said, before we get along today in our talk, not you and me, I was definitely not Screech. <laughs> and, and, uh, but you know, we, you know, people said every week they were 
had, had a major event. Well, that was the fun of the show. Uh, this week it was uh, they're going to run a radio station. This week they're going to try out for a dance thing. Um, and I think that every, everyone related to it. The most surprising thing to us was the, um, was the uh, foreign of 85 countries uh, because no comedies, as I said, ever went except to a few English-speaking countries. But all of a sudden we realized every kid in the world goes to school. They all wanted to see how the California kids lived, and we really played that up. You, you totally played it up. Now let's kind of talk about each one of the actors if we have a chance. And again, people have to go and purchase the book. We could talk about it's it's a memoir about you, not just Saved by the Bell. But you right. know, this but is it's just a good your, portion your, of it. Yeah. It's a good, a good portion, and and I love it. I mean, when I saw I had the chance to interview you, and I said, let me start thinking back to the show and how much I watched this. Now, Peter, tell me the year it started. What year was the when, – when did Saved by the Bell start? What year was that? We started in prime time in the summer of 1989. People don't remember that. But we had three, uh, three uh, episodes that – Add three weeks in a row before the Saturday morning premiere, and um, so it started in um, August 1989, and including a movie in Hawaii, we went through for five years. Then we did the college years, and then we did another movie in Las Vegas. Um, but the kids were magic. I mean, the first time I ever got them all together in one room, because when you're casting. You're not casting doubles, and you're casting one part at a time in each session. And one, the first time we got them all in a room, I said, these guys are magic. I said, I don't know if anyone's going to see it because of where we were in a cartoon schedule. But um, they were like the Yankees when the Yankees were really the Yankees. Well, the Pittsburgh Steelers were the Pittsburgh Steelers. I did that for you. Oh yeah, I definitely have to bring up that, bring that up, Peter, because of the, the, our flagship home in Pittsburgh. <laughs> no, but uh, I, now I'm glad you brought 1989 up, so no one's going to say, "Well, Neil, I'm 43 right now, but Neil, in 1989, I was at least uh, 15 years old, so I was about the same age as the characters, and probably that's why." And my daughter so... was a year younger, and she was a PA in the summers, as were all my kids. Now, watching these characters grow up after the six years and seeing each one of them, where they ended up going and different things. Some of them, again, I I remember their their cast name. Let's go first to Mario Lopez. Probably the most successful out of all of them. Wouldn't you agree, especially now still with with what he's doing right now? Uh, I would say certainly the most visible and the one I stay in contact with the most. uh, Mario, we had I had written that part, oddly enough, to be an Italian kid like John Travolta from Saturday Night Live, who was an army brat who lived all over the world. And, uh, and, and the concept was the other five kids had all been together since preschool. And, um, and I just wasn't happy with the people. And one night I called my casting director and I said, where is it written? He has to be Anglo. Let's look at some African-Americans or Hispanics or Asians, anyone. The next day she brought me Mario. And he was a slam dunk. I mean, he, he was fun. He was smart. And, uh, and, uh, and 
and uh, he just was perfect. He was perfect. You know, when you hit that right guy, person for a part, there's right. no one else in the world. There was no other Slater in the world. And we didn't even change his name uh, uh, to, to a Latin name. We, we, in the colleges, we did talk about how his father changed his name to Sanchez to get into West Point many years earlier. But other than that, we never even dealt with it. And, of course, Zach was the anchor, uh, Mark Paul Gossley. At 14, he had to talk to the camera. That wasn't an easy thing, and call time out. And, and, um, and he was a very, 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 very intelligent young actor. Not any way, in any way, shape, like uh, Zach, but people thought he was. But he was not that guy. That shows what a great actor he was. You know, you know what's you know what's really interesting is when you. So I'm glad we went. We we transitioned to Zach. Is that I identified myself with every one of the characters, and I think that's what you probably heard a lot of times, Peter, as well for fans of Saved by the Bell. Uh, but when I think about ultimately Zach Morris, you just say, "What a cool guy! What a smart yeah. guy!" And he was, in a way, the next Ferris Bueller, in my opinion, in a different I, California. I, way. I agree. I agree. He could lie straight to your face, and he had that twinkle, and you loved him. You, Belding knew he was lying to him, but bought it all the time. Uh, and that was a very unique uh, uh, characteristic because a lot of people can do the scam, but to make them love you as you're doing them in is, is, is unique, unique. And I love that character. I remember I wrote it... Uh, at home, that first scene, I showed it to my daughter, who was, like I said, a year younger than them. And that first scene, and she said, I'm in love with Zach. I said, what do you mean you're in love with Zach? It's a name on a piece of paper. She says, I'm in love with Zach. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they were all at her Sweet 16 party. <laughs> wow. And so where is your daughter today, by the way? I, that's a good question. My daughter is about your age, I hope. I mean, I've... She's now, the kids are now around 43. Lauren is married in Brooklyn, New York, with a little baby, Ezra, who's a year and a half. And uh, she was a, became a comedian, but she's now the director of a preschool. And, uh, and uh, you know, the kids, it was like one big family. They all hung out at my house, and we played basketball on the tennis court. We swam, we barbecued. They were unique, and we went to. I mean, we went to Hawaii. We went to the beach club, which is I can overlook, where we shot the Malibu Sands. So I can look right over the my, out my window and see it. Um, uh, it was like family going to the shore for the summer. Oh, absolutely! Wow, uh, it definitely has me reminisce. Now, Screech is one. I feel bad for the actor, and you probably could give me an update, and probably in your book you do give an update as well. Uh, the character, for, I, and I don't know, know his acting name, but again, Screech was so lovable, and how tiny and small he was till how he grew up on the show. From the, Well, he was only 11. To, I misread his birth at the birthday. <laughs> I thought he was a year younger. He was actually three years younger. Uh, Screech, Dustin Diamond was a comedy genius. And in France, where we were the number, we had 50% of the audience on Attendu in France. Screech oh. was like Jerry Lewis. He was like an icon there. And 
Uh, Screech was a comedy, Dustin Dine was a comedy genius. Eleven years later, besides he then put him in the new class as a assistant principal to bail out the show when he was hadn't barely gotten out of high school. And uh, he, he, I laughed at him for 11 years. He, I would ruin scenes when we were on location in Las Vegas because he would make me laugh so much and uh, off camera uh, when we were doing a movie. And um, uh, Dustin was, was a fabulous character. And I think what happened, he went out on his um, uh, stand-up uh, career, which is what he wanted after 11 years with me, and I think people expected to see Screech. And he didn't want to do Screech, and it got contentious, and then things kind of fell apart for him. Um, Where's Dustin today? What's going? Do you, have any, do you have any news where Dustin is today? I don't know. I think he's in the Midwest. Um, I feel bad for some of the things that have happened to him. I feel really Me bad. Too. And they really took advantage of them, the Hollywood and, and entertainment world. Uh, that was just too bad. It really is. Well, it didn't work out to his uh, best interest, unfortunately. Ex- but the other for his brand. all do well. What? I think uh, yeah, I think all the other people. So let's go to the girls. Kelly, my my crush, my I yeah, love Kelly. Had a crush. I remember one network executive. I saw him in a store one day, and it's when the kids were just fourteen or fifteen, fourteen. And he said, you know, he was a young young executive. He said, you know that Tiffany Amber Thiessen. I said, she's fourteen. <laughs> Don't say another word. And. She uh, she's a wonderful actress. She was very inexperienced, as they all were, except for Mark Paul, who had done a few things. Uh, but I always felt she was going to be a star. And um, and oddly enough, Elizabeth Berkeley and her and Jenny Goth, who ended up on 90210, were all up for this Kelly Kapowski part. And uh, we didn't. And Jenny, I felt, would be a better dramatic actress. So it came down to. Tiffany versus Elizabeth, and then Brandon Tartikoff said, let's use both of them. So we gave uh, the part of Jesse to Elizabeth, and Tiffany was our Kelly. Um, Kelly, she's done wonderfully. She has a cooking show on the on the Food Channel. She has a, uh, she's been in a white collar. She's been, she's had a lot of great acting parts. Of course, she went on to 90210 for a few years. And she's a very successful uh, young woman, yeah. Oh, and absolutely. Elizabeth Berkeley has, and Elizabeth Berkeley has been uh, yeah, a wonderful actress. Uh, uh, I believe, think she, I think she's terribly talented. So I ran into her. I was a surprise guest a year and a half ago at Mario's surprise party. I was a surprise speaker. And I got to be with Elizabeth and Dennis Haskins and... Um, and she's married uh, to a very fine uh, artist who's Ralph Lauren's nephew and very happy. And Locke Voorhees has been in and out of a bunch of things, soap operas, et cetera. So I think for the most part, they were such a great bunch of kids. I never had a day of aggravation with them. I never had a day that I said, oh, what am I doing here? I, it, was, it, was, it, was a, it was an absolute best time of my life those years i can tell and i'm so glad that this is such a such a great conversation we're having peter and 
it's something that I, I'm, I hope this interview again lives on forever. That's what I love about my nationally syndicated radio show. It goes on radio show, then it becomes a podcast, and then it lives on forever on YouTube, on Facebook, on everywhere because we, we need – and people need to purchase the book for sure. And it's something I want to read as well because I'm like – you know, it just – it brings back so many memories. Now the last one. Now, Jesse, again, for our listeners to remember that understand and we're a big fan, Jesse was beautiful, yet she was – a little different than Kelly in the way that she was a brain, yet also uh, was a very, very. Uh, <laughs> uh. She, she was a feminist. She was a feminist. feminist. Yes. <laughs> and and she would have. She wanted to be the first president of the United States, female president of the United States. That was her dream, or the Supreme Court, beyond the Supreme Court. But she could she could bust you on things, and yet you didn't you liked her. You know that was the key. They were all so likable, and cared about each other, and um, um, uh, that that was a wonderful part uh, of the show. But she she was unique at a time when you know. And you also something I'm going to tell you: we had the first cell phone on television. Oh. Who'd never seen a cell phone before Zach's big uh, phone he took out of his gym bag, right? Right. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, he but, had but, a but, but, but you don't know, realize that no other television show ever had a cell phone before that. No. Yeah. I should have gotten royalties on all the cell phones. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you know, you were you were you were you were really telling the truth about groups of people getting together and this is why your show and this is no knock on Disney, Peter or even Boy Meets uh, Girl Meets World, which uh, Boy Meets Girl I think were almost the next time after that that your show has just such unbelievable storylines that really could capture lots of people's interest in a genre. And that's why people never forget it. Uh, and, and, and that, that's the important thing. And the last one I don't want to miss is the African American girl. What, what did she play? Isn't that funny? I can't remember her name. A lot played Lisa and she did some soap operas and I don't think she's in acting today, but she did a bunch of soap operas and other, other shows. And she's a lovely, lovely person and a successful woman. Um, and, um, you know, it, it's great. Uh, I mean, Jimmy Fallon did a reunion, if you remember, two years yeah. ago. And my son works for YouTube, and he was in Singapore at the time. And I said, what, he called me, and I said, what do you think? He, <clears throat> he said, oh, I think about two million. I said, really? Two million hits on YouTube? He said, yeah. I said, wow, we had 35 million hits. For that reunion yeah. <laughs> in four days. <laughs> that was so great when Fallon did it. I didn't know that was two years ago. Wow, because I well, remember watching February, it. Said, it was about a year, yeah, almost two years ago. And uh, February of this coming, February, two years. And they even used my my logo. Not my logo. I had a logo and I had a credit. It flashed on executive producer, freeze frame, Peter Engel. And people said, well, you should have been there. I said, no, no, it was iconic. The credit was better. I remember once ran to a, to a young woman. I was at a counter store in New York, and the woman came out with my package. Here it is. And Mr. Engel and the girl went, you're him. You're him. I said, what do you mean? <laughs> Actually, she worked for Howard Stern. She says, you're him. 
I used to cry when your name came on the screen. I said, why? He said, because I knew the show was over. Wow. And then building. There you go. My favorite principle. I think once I became a teacher, because I did become a teacher, Peter, never oh, thought really? I would. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I taught for X amount of years. Then I own a tutoring consulting company now and also do social media and branding for companies. But when I was a teacher, I would always start thinking about principles like building because honestly, I didn't have a lot of great relationships with my principles I worked for because I was kind of out of the box thinker. I wasn't the kind of person that would just be the uh, corporate type of teacher. I wanted to be different and not just liked by the kids, but also provide a different atmosphere as a, as a teacher, as a male teacher. And I just always thought of Belding for some reason. <laughs> well, Belding, uh, Dennis Harrison, Belding was such an important character because of the, no matter what, Belding loved the kids. And, and I'm, not, I'm talking about the characters. He loved them all yeah. as well. But he loved the kids. And he would do anything as ridiculous as what situations we put him in. He would do anything because of his love for the kids. I think that was very, very important to the show. And he was a great person to have on the show because we rarely had any had any uh, clashes. But, you know, people with everyone was dating everyone. And I was afraid that if they were dating on the screen, they broke up off screen. Fortunately, none of them were dating on screen at the same time. They were dating off screen. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> because I had that on another one of my shows where they, this couple just gets together with USA High. <laughs> and that morning they broke up. <laughs> when and oh, the gosh. episode they had to, they fell in love in the episode. <laughs> That's got to be a challenge. Now, how, as an executive producer, for one question, how did you put all these kids together and have this vision and be able to make it come true and come up with those great ideas every week to keep people interested? Well, first I wrote the first episode where we tried created all the characters. And a lot of them were based on friends of mine and their names. Slater was a kid in my, uh, my Joshua uh, kindergarten class. I was a kid named Slater. Um, um, Zach was named after my best, one of my closest friends, John DeLorean of the DeLorean car. His son's name was Zach. Um, So there were a lot of connections to the name. But the concept was that about a bunch of kids that had been together since preschool, Screech was always in love with Lisa ever since she buried his head in a sandbox in preschool and had to call 911. And uh, uh, one of the things uh, that, that I didn't do intentionally, uh, but probably, was that the biggest hero in the school, best friend, was the biggest geek in the school. Kids related to that. They loved that. Yeah. And, and the fact that we, the love interest, Kelly, teenage love is sad. First, first crush, first kiss, first love, first breakup. Kids, teenagers relate to that. When it, when the prom queen has a zit on her nose, you can make fun of it. But to a, to a, to a prom queen, a teenage girl, that's a major catastrophe. And, Absolutely. And we treated all that with respect. And 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 when a broken heart, we respected that, and didn't make fun of it. 
and um, and 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 the concept was let's take them through the high school years. Bayside was a school I wish I had gone to. I grew, I went to it. Yeah, everyone wishes they went to that high school. <laughs> yeah, I grew up in New York City and went to a four-story walk-up, and Bayside was everything my high school was. And and it, it was and a lot of stories were, were stories uh, that I wished I had been part of, or even had been part of in some respect. Fantastic. Now for your book, the final questions. Uh, what else should we expect in the book? The stories about how you were saved by the bell. What else do we, are we going to learn a lot about your whole life in this memoir? Is a, yes, my whole life, starting, starting with being an NBC page while I was at NYU working there at night, meeting John F. Kennedy and working with, in his campaign. Every time he was in New York, I was by his side. Um, wow. Uh, uh, JFK, the heartbreak of it. My time in the, in the Army when I piloted the first drone, which I'm not that proud of. <laughs> and uh, onward to, you know, my life and my loves and my children and Last Comic Standing, of course, and all the shows that shouldn't make it, who should have made it or wouldn't make it, all the times my heart was broken and how the biggest hit in my life creatively was something I didn't want to do after all the years of fighting and struggling to get a hit show. And then after that, I mean, I've done 17 series. I did 11 shows exclusively when I was on the contract to NBC, and seven of them went five years or more. In baseball, I'd be uh, outside the Hall of Fame. <laughs> That's true. Wow. And, but you... Bell, but Bell was the – I went to the White House because of Bell. And met the president, and then was there at the summit for children's programming. I mean, Bell was the thing that a piece of my heart was missing. I need to do that show, and that was a show. And again, it came unexpectedly, but it taught people. I hope will read the book and all the great iconic characters. I I have uh, stories with Betty Davis, Orson Welles, John Lennon, Jacques Cousteau. Um, these are real stories. I mean, I had met Elvis and had lunch with him. That's not a story. That's not in the book. But these are stories with all these, Aaron Spelling, all these unique characters, and they're fun stories, and they're fun and funny. They and they'll make you laugh, and they'll make you cry. And, 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 uh, but they'll make you feel good all over. Uh, and, but the key was that I never, ever, ever quit. And people say to me, what... What is this? What do you tell young people? I say, find something you love to do, and if you can make a living at it, do it. But never let anyone steal your dreams. Never, ever, ever. And don't give up because someday, today will be a long time ago, and you shouldn't miss one moment of it. And I didn't. <laughs> Great advice, Peter. So, best place we can find information on you purchase your book and learn more about you. Where can we go? Amazon, uh, Amazon, and you can go to Pete. I was saved by the bell dot com. Uh, you can go to Amazon, various bookstores. We're doing a signing November fifteenth when the book is published. You can, people can buy the Kindle, pre-order the Kindle right now on Amazon at Thirty Rock at the NBC store where I started the page <laughs> years and years ago. We're doing a book signing, and then on. The 18th of November, we're going to Chicago to the Save by the Max restaurant. 
and we're doing a big signing there. And then there'll be other events after that. Well, Peter, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you uh, for such great stories reminiscing with you. And you definitely shaped my life more than I thought till we had this conversation. I said, holy cow, a lot of ways I grew up with you and your ideas watching Saved by the Bell. So thanks for taking the time to chat with me today. It was an honor and a privilege, and thanks for calling. And my privilege. Thank you. All right, take care, Peter. Thanks again. You're listening to the Celebrity Show. We'll be back in just a moment. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like early 90s heavy metal hard. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm loud. Roar. Geico makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on Geico.com or the Geico mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about anything. Saving money is about to get even easier because a brand new Walmart Supercenter is opening soon near you. Now you can find low prices you can trust every day on all your grocery favorites like fresh produce, quality meats, and more. Plus, let our pharmacy take care of all your prescription and over-the-counter medication needs. With Walmart, saving is simple. Your new Walmart Supercenter is scheduled to open on November 16th at University Boulevard and Broadhead Road in Moon Township. Save money, live better, Walmart. Fantastic. So I'm excited to welcome to the show uh, Linda Perry, we uh, singer-songwriter Adele Pink, Courtney Love, and we're going to be talking about an unbelievable project, which is called Soundbreaking. Uh, Linda, how are you? And thanks for coming on the show. Yes, thanks for having me. I'm great. Thank you. Fantastic. So tell me a little bit about the, the, the show, uh, Soundbreaking and stuff, and the, this documentary series. This documentary is pretty awesome. It's really about, you know, where, you know, how things were created back in, you know, the 50s and 60s and, I mean, 70s, I mean, pretty much up to today. Um, And it's really inspiring because, you know, if you're a kid in today and you're looking for inspiration of, of, you know, where did songs come from? Where did pr- production come into play? What a producer does and, you know, the tricks that they had to come up with to be creative. It's incredible. Like, it's just an incredible, inspiring body of um, information about music. And I think kids today will be really inspired by it because, I mean, wonderful things, you know, happened you know, with very little. And today we have so much to, you know, the technology is so huge. It kind of gets in the way of, you know, how music was created a long time ago. Yeah, absolutely, Linda. And, and I think that's the thing. We want to educate, educate the kids. We want them to understand the ins and outs of what goes on in music. When it's not just like, okay, you just show up, and uh, yeah, uh, you know, you you end up just showing up for a specific situation, Linda, and uh, and it, there you go, you have a hit song. It's not like that. There's so much to just a performance in general. Everything that goes on in a performance, right, from all the people that are part of yeah. it. Yeah, and it's just the you know, 
I think also, too, you know, people were just trying to create music and they were in studios having a good time and, you know, staying up all night trying to figure out, you know, a snare sound or, you know, a, a lyric or, you know, wait a minute, we don't have the bridge right, you know, and it was fun. They sat, you know, sat up, you know, sat in there and, and talking things out and trying to figure out how to be creative and and just playing with, you know, the, 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 the song. And today it's like, you know, producers or songwriters just put up beats and then they find a sample of this and lay down that and it's like don't even have chord changes and and here we go and then okay now just let's sing about an old lady crossing the street you know it's just like it's all premeditated it's just got you know there's no there's no room for failure it's just all we need to create a hit how many bpms you know is a hit how many seconds until the chorus hits you know what do we sing about a tone a frequency in the voice you know like it's it's all so thought out about this process of songwriting that no one's really sitting down and just having fun with it anymore and just creating from the song itself. You got it. You got it. And this is what the, this uh, sound breaking is going to bring out is there's so many unbelievable people that are part of this documentary, isn't it? There's a lot of really awesome. Yeah. And, and the, the, the great thing too is like, I think this is a show that the parents and the the children can enjoy together. It's like, yes. you know, the parents are going to be able to go, you know, have their, like, you know, flashbacks of a, a time that they were, you know, when they were listening to music and smoking their joints behind, you know, school auditorium and whatever at the drive-in, you know, and then the kids – you know their children are going to be able to go yeah i love that you know i rem- i love you know because the truth is you know beatles zeppelin tom petty all these people right. are still like massive players in the music business right now i mean after years and decades and decades how how do kids know who zeppelin and jimi hendrix are you know and why are they listening to it like it's like because it's good it's just a feeling and a vibe, and that's what the kids are hearing. They're hearing this vibe and these really well-crafted songs with this great, you know, sound that just is inviting because it was warm, it was real, it was mistakes, it was driven by emotion, not yeah. by charts. And that's what the music was about. Way way I look at music, Linda, growing up, is I have that feeling. I have that understanding of specific artists and how it brings back a memory of that time period, Linda. And that's what documentaries Mm -hmm. bring to the table. They bring out what was the atmosphere like? How did it feel at that time in those different places? And and that's... Oh, yeah. People... People are going to love this because you literally can smell the cigarettes and the whiskey and the, you know, the, 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 the smell of the tubes burning. Like when you watch this, you get the full sensation. It, it's, it's pretty amazing. It's really inspiring. I'm so proud to be a part of this, and I, and I really can't stress enough how important it is to, if, you're, if you have a child that is interested in music, show them, let them watch this program because it really will inspire them. It's a game changer. And it's sound breaking for yourself, just to give us a clue on when you're going to be on the documentary. 
what do what should we expect from learning about you? Well, um, you know, what I'm best known for as a producer is how I bring out the rawness and real in artists. So that's why yes. people come to me because when they want to get real, they call Linda Perry. You know, if they okay. want to if they don't and they're they're afraid to call me, you know, so like <laughs> so the people who don't want to be real won't call me because they're too afraid and then the people who do, they call me. So in my segment I'm talking about, you know, how to get vocals, how to get honest, real vocals yes. and I use the you know, Christina Aguilera as an example of like getting someone who obviously can sing the shit out of any song and she, oh, I'm so sorry. Am I not supposed to That's say okay. that word? That's okay. You can say that. Okay, I'll, I'm I'll sorry. That. Don't worry. That's okay. Okay. Um, <clears throat> but um, she obviously can sing, like, amazing. And what I was trying to get from her was not that. I didn't want perfect. I wanted real. I wanted emotion. I wanted something raw. And it right. basically yeah. talks about how I got that. And see, this is different for you, Linda, because you uh, were a Grammy-nominated rock singer. So you went from one area to producing. That, was that a challenge for you to go from four non-blondes to doing this and, and then helping no, other that, artists reach? Yeah. Well, when I was in Four Non Blondes, like the thought of them trying to get me to write with somebody was like shocking. I'd be like, "What? You know, what? The? I was insulted, you know." And so that's why it's funny that where I'm at right now because I, I, it's my favorite thing to do is collaborate with people. And, you know, because living in my own life, you know, 24-7 is not fun. It's like there, there's, you can't gain anything. We, we only gain from our experience with, you know, humanity and, and other people and, yes. you know, yes. adventures and, and being open-minded. And, you know, we, we, that's the only place where we gain. And so it's, it's awesome. Like, I love being on this side of things because as a songwriter or just an artist, I was very narrow-minded. I was very close-minded, and and I was operating too much on fear because I would be too concerned about what people would think. I'm very sensitive, you know. Like a, it's like it's it was very stressful for me to be, yeah. you know, a, a singer and in a band and and have all eyes watching me. And so when I decided to leave the band, I knew what I was leaving and I knew what I was going into. I was going into a place where, oh, okay, I can have more control. I yes. can do more because I can, I can write a country song. I can go write with the Dixie Chicks. I can go to Nashville and write. I can do That's R&B. Incredible. I can yeah. do, you know, <clears throat> whatever I want because – as a songwriter and a producer, I'm like an open channel. Like, I can do whatever I want. And and I'm so inspired by the people that I work with and, and the, the sounds that I hear. So I'm not surprised I'm where I'm at. It feels way better. And it feels more like me. That's great. And so, again, the, the sound breaking includes people like McCartney, Elton John, Roger Waters, uh, Daltrey, yourself, Quincy Jones, B.B. King, Willie Nelson. You can't beat it. So, again, it's, it's going to be on – it premieres on PBS November 14th, and it's available after that. And then people can also check out the stories from the cutting edge of the recording music debuts 
uh, to, uh, Tuesday, November 29th as well. So the best place we can find information on you, Linda, and, and all and information on sound breaking, where can we go? Uh, wait, what did you just say on information yeah, about me? Yeah, we, we, yeah, where we can find info on you and also about sound breaking. Oh, <laughs> well, for me, I'm just, I have a Linda Perry.